0: Welcome to our deepest secrets revealed podcast with Sarah Finlay Have you ever had a question for the opposite sex in which you seek to be answered authentically on this podcast that is exactly what we do I discuss intimate topics with guests as they share their point of view about dating sex and relationships We are raw and authentic to reveal the essence of how the opposite sex feels about today's topic we are exploring. you have a question, please feel free to write to us and ask. It just might inspire our next episode and get answered. Thanks for joining me today. Now let's dive in deep to today's topic. Welcome to our Deepest Secrets Revealed podcast. I'm Sarah Finlay and thank you so much for listening. Today we will be discussing love addiction, how to break out of relationships we are addicted to. I've invited and you're getting to know her pretty well now, my personal life and business coach, Shireen Blum, founder of Be You, Be True. As you've probably heard, she's a self-empowerment coach, author, and speaker. She was born in South Africa, raised in the United States, and now lives in Australia. So she's basically amazing is what I'm going to say. I could keep reading everything. You've heard it before. She's amazing, and you just basically need to call her if you need a coach. So welcome back to the show, Shireen. How are you? Hello.
1: Nice to be back. Thank you.
0: So what is love addiction?
1: Wow. Well, being a past addict myself, I like to think that I'm a bit of a specialist in the area. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a recovering love addict. Again, you know, these are always big questions that we that we dive into, but love addiction is basically the addiction to needing to be loved or that addiction to feeling loved. It's that high that we get when we meet somebody and we have this euphoric, blissful, lustful feeling. And what happens over time is that we actually get addicted to that feeling. So through our conversation today, I hope we can go a little bit deeper into understanding why we have that mm. feeling and what that actually means. But in a nutshell, that's what love addiction is. It's an addiction to that high. It's addiction to, I'm loved. Like, this is amazing. I feel so happy. I feel so complete. It's, you know, when I was in the midst of my drug addiction, it literally felt like that high of a, of a drug. Drug addiction
0: you know? or love addiction? Did you have a drug love addiction.
1: addiction. Yeah, I didn't have a drug addiction. Let me get it clear. <laughs> I didn't think you did. <laughs> I didn't have a drug addiction. I had a love addiction, That's but thought. it's similar, similar to a drug addiction. <laughs> ah. and I think what we can talk about today is that love addiction is very similar to any other addiction. So addictive behavior comes when we're trying to soothe emotion. Right when we're trying to distract the mind from feeling and from painful or or uncomfortable emotions, we connect to vices like whether it be drugs or whether it be alcohol or whether it be sex or whether it be shopping. Another one of my addictions. Um, <laughs> You know, food addiction, you know, it doesn't necessarily matter what we are addicted to, but the nature of the behaviour is the same. The core is that we are trying to soothe and distract ourselves from feeling.
0: So why do you think people get love addiction? Like what, what's the difference between like, I suppose, love addiction and drug addiction or food addiction or something? Like why love addiction? Why do, why do they get addicted?
1: Well, love addiction it comes from, again, for, you know, this can be different in, in many different people, but basically we all have a need to connect. It's, it's kind of a, the relationships so are kind of how earth works, right? Everything on earth is a result of a connection, uh, you know, birds and the bees kind of thinking meeting. It's like connection is a very natural instinct and it's a very core need as a human being to connect with another person there's a difference between connection and attachment so there's naturally we want to connect right we want to share we want to be we want to and influence people so that connection is a very natural part the attachment part is when we are attached to something it comes from the mind It comes Mm -hmm. from egoic needs. So let me just clarify for a moment what I mean by ego there. Like ego is that part of us. And I just want to define that because that's a big word to many different people. So when I'm talking about those egoic needs, it's the, the ego that says the three core fears. I'm not good enough. I'm not loved. I'm not worthy. Or it can mash itself into I'm not worthy to be loved. And so... When we have that internal belief, and that's a very subconscious belief. Well, pretty and much we may, we've
0: talked about everyone has that, and everyone yeah, has one expect- as a yeah. main one over the other one. So it's not like yeah. no one and has And I think
1: it. what differentiates people is the amount of pain they've had. So if a person, you know, basically what the ego is trying to do is protect you from six things, right? There's six things that the ego is working to avoid rejection, abandonment. Humiliation, judgment, failure, or success. You know, the ego is kind of like, so if we have had a rejection very early on in childhood or we've been abandoned, we have a natural kind of, to feel safe, we need to attach to something because that makes us kind of, it validates that fear or or affirms that fear in us, right? Like, no, you are, you're not rejected. You're not, you are loved. Right. So that what happens over time is that every time we're loved, you know, for me, it was like every time I'm loved, it was like, I'm not ugly. You know, I'm not pathetic. I am somebody, somebody loves me. Like I am somebody, you know what I mean? That was like very on, like if I look back in like my late teens and early twenties, and it's very destructive because it leads you to choose some really painful relationships. Right? Because you're just like, as I mean, I remember thinking to myself, and I've done a lot of self reflective work now, so I can see my, you know, see it back. But I remember thinking to myself, like, okay, like he loves me. Like I'm safe now. Like I must be something now that somebody loves me. You know what I mean? And we actually get addicted to that, that thrill, that satisfaction, that actual feeling of safety.
0: It sounds like um with the love addiction in particular, and all addictions lead to the same things and we often talk about it. Cause in the end, what we all need as humans and what humanity needs is a healthy dose of self love. So instead of looking for the love within self love, yeah. we are getting addicted to the love from another as opposed to getting maybe addicted to the self love, which would probably well- be a bit healthier. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And self-love is the antidote to that fear, right? Self-love is the opposite mindset to the egoic mindset. So, you know, when we're filled with self-love, you know, now my belief system now is like I love myself more than the need to be loved, right? It's like I I don't compromise myself anymore. I don't need to have anything outside of me validate me because I have enough of that within myself. And that's actually our goal really through this conversation is because the healing of self-addiction is having healthy self-love. It's the same thing with the pursuit of happiness, right? So many people go, I'm just, I'm, I'm this will get me happy if I get the next car, if I get the next house, if I drive this, if I have that, if I have those shoes. Right. Okay. Now, shoes are out of the equation because you always have to chase the best pair of shoes. Sure,
0: sure. <laughs> the shopping <laughs>
1: sure, sure, sure.
0: Ian. Sure, sure. Let's talk about I'm only
1: joking. I'm only joking. I'm I know you are. Sense. But, you know, what I'm saying is like we're always looking for that next thing. So, that pursuit of happiness is almost like the same thing as that like love addiction. And it kind of explains why at a certain point of a relationship, we kind of go, hmm, this is not fun anymore. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, right. Why, why are we doing
1: that? Well, we're not getting the hit, right? We're not getting the, it's like, oh, oh yeah, he loves me, next kind of thing. You know what I gets mean? It's a
0: comfortable like, sort of thing. It's like you just yeah. take it for granted and... Meh.
1: Yeah, and because remember that ego is insatiable. So it's like, okay, he loves me and then like that person stops showing you that amount of attention or the relationship gets into like the comfort zone as relationships do and there's not as much you know, flirting and banter and compliments or, you know, all that kind of stuff. And you go, oh, he doesn't love me anymore. I need to find that somewhere else. Right. So it's like that same with the pursuit of happiness. Like we're always seeking it. We're always on this, on this kind of hunt. And, you know, I just want to explain, cause it's really interesting. The science behind this is when we experience that euphoric love We, the body releases a chemical called dopamine and oxytocin. Now it's really interesting. Dopamine is basically heroin and oxytocin is basically like ecstasy, right? In extreme forms. So like oxytocin is the, it's the hormone that we release when we orgasm. It's the hormone that we release when we um, have sex and we orgasm and and, and breastfeed and, and in childbirth. And dopamine is this like reward like dopamine like hits the reward center like it's like the same with with gambling right people get addicted to gambling because that win gives us this rush of dopamine right and and so the body in actual fact gets addicted to those chemicals so there's a science behind what we're talking about so what's happening is that the body's forever going where's my next hit of dopamine where's my next oxytocin that really kind of complicates things in relationships because, like, for a woman, for example, when we release oxytocin, we attach to whatever's like helped us release it. So, like, that makes it hard for a woman to have a one night stand, for example, right? But you like, can,
0: but you can sort of, I
1: think, not hook on as well. Well, again, like, you know, what we're talking about are the, the antidotes to what we're talking about yeah. is practicing mindfulness and having self love. Like, those are. You know, hopefully we we'll, we can get to that. We will get. Sorry, I'm jumping, <laughs> jumping the gun. <laughs> well, now you know how easy it is because you've mastered that in yourself.
0: I know, so lucky. So I had your help. <laughs>
1: so <laughs> so and, you, are, and you had and you had the beautiful catalyst of pain to help you learn that. I
0: had a great catalyst of pain, a whole lot of it. So what are the signs that you might have love addiction, or your partner might have love addiction? So what are the signs that people can look out for?
1: So, you know, all those kind of codependency signs of, you know, neediness, I can't, you know, I can't be without you, jealousy, possessiveness, insecurities, you know.
0: Some people can't see that though. Like some people in the codependency relationships think it's normal to be like with each other
1: 24-7. Yeah. Well, of course, like when we're in that mindset, that is our normal, right? It's called a delusional reality, right? <laughs> it's like. And and we will we will justify like that, like, isn't that what you do when you love somebody? Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's that feeling where the other person, you know, you've both gone off to work and you can't concentrate because it's the craving, right? The craving is just driving you crazy. When am I gonna see them again? When am I gonna have them? So you're not, you're not able to be present. You know, and I think that that's a really interesting thing to tune into in yourself if you're, you know, if you're able to kind of have that healthy detachment. You know what I mean? Because it's like we, we experience a separation anxiety when we're not attached to what we're holding on to.
0: So I'm going to steer off a little bit. This is going to sound super random, but it's not as random as what it sounds like. But it's, You might laugh at me. <laughs> so with Never. when you own a dog you have a dog or dogs yeah. in your family, often how the dog behaves is actually quite a reflection on the owner, which a lot mm-hmm. of people don't realize. So, yeah, so if you've got calm, chilled dogs, you're probably calm, chilled, and you're also probably a pretty good assertive leader. Yeah. But there's a lot of dogs that have separation anxiety. So would that be a sign possibly because I'm just trying to make it easy for people to maybe identify because maybe they could identify separation anxiety in their dog but maybe not in themselves. If the dog has separation anxiety, are they possibly picking up the energy of the human being, of the owner? Yeah,
1: absolutely. And just to extend on dogs, a lot of children <laughs> experience
0: right? I can't relate to kids of only <laughs> no <okay>. dogs.
1: <laughs> I know you've got fur kids, okay? So that's okay. But fur kids or human kids, it's the same thing, definitely. I think that's a really good point that you're saying because, like a lot of the parents that I've worked with where their kids are experiencing separation anxiety, a lot of the time, the parents themselves are experiencing that or they're experiencing the guilt. And they don't
0: realise, right? And they don't
1: realise it. And they don't realise it. And all these conversations are about gaining greater self-awareness.
0: So anyone listening, if your dog, dogs, kid, kids have separation anxiety, they're possibly mirroring you.
1: Everything's a mirror.
0: It is a mirror. The whole universe is like a mirror. It's like those movies.
1: So therefore, that's
0: a good sign for people to be able to see that, separation anxiety there's possibly a bit of love addiction going on or codependency going on in their relationship
1: yeah does that answer your question about signs to look out for well that's
0: one is there any other signs like is there any other things that we can give people as you know tangible like we do in our sessions you know i walk in without a strategy on something can i walk out with a strategy
1: i think that you know you know yes look there's no better feeling when you're in that lust and it really, you know, it it is, it is a great, it is a great high, right? But we need to kind of keep it in perspective. And I think if we can tune into ourselves and check in to say, am I really attached here? Like, you know, am I constantly in fear? Like, am I constantly in fear that if I lose this person, my whole life is going to fall apart, You know, that's a really good check in to say, well, if you are so attached here, that means there's possibly an addiction to this, right? So we need to be in a place where we're free to be able to say, okay, if that, because this is really healthy self love, right? Healthy self love goes, okay, that relationship came to an end or it didn't work out. I trust that everything happens for my growth. I trust that everything happens in perfection. And I trust that the next person or next, partner is going to enter my life right that's healthy kind of connect you know again who am I connecting to we're not attaching problem becomes with attachment
0: and this is what I've tried to explain and I recorded an an episode earlier today actually and I think it might be nice to hear it in your words instead of me trying to pretend like I'm like you <laughs> not pretending nope, you know
1: like me. You, <laughs> you're <laughs> certified
0: <laughs> I've done eight years Crazy. nine years of training with you <laughs> but what it means like attachment because I think sometimes it can sound like I feel like it can come across like maybe I'm sounding a little bit cold but I don't mean it in a cold way at all I mean like you can connect with someone but not mm. attached to them. Can you explain that to people? Cause I'm not sure if I explain it well enough.
1: Okay. You actually shared a quotation with me a few weeks ago that I'm going to kind of reflect back to you because it really, I just love, I love it. What you said. And the quotation was experience everything attached to nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And so what that means is that...
0: That's actually my quote. That's going to be in my book. That
1: is your (laughs) quote. I love it. You can, I love it, but I'm just reflecting it back to you because it so perfectly answers the question in a sense that, again, if we're looking at self-love being the goal and being self-empowered, we're free. And so that means, you know, when the mind is attaching to something, it means that we have very strong beliefs and expectations of the way that things have to play out and the way that things have to be. So if we have an attachment to something you know, I I expect you to be home by six. I expect you to to love me. I expect you to know what my love language is, which is another really good conversation we can have another time. But, you know, I expect you to fulfill me. I expect you to put me on a pedestal. And, you know, all of those attachments are really dangerous because they're stemming from that need to be loved, right? And that if they're not going to happen, if those attachments, if those expectations are not met you're going to be left with disappointment
0: so some of these um relationships that people are in they get addicted to the love but it's like a toxic relationship right yeah yeah so how do we know well actually is love addiction in any relationship okay or is it like toxic all the time or is it with toxic or is there like super gray area because I want to I dive well, in. Into... I think
1: there is, I think with everything, with all human emotions, there's always a spectrum, you know, that we, that we work within. And I think that that feeling of love and feeling connected can actually make us live longer. It actually makes us feel safe and happy and it makes us feel grounded and we can actually achieve quite a lot if we just have this grounded sense of inner connection. So I think, I think we always have to remember that that's going to be our feeling of when we're most safe and when the nervous system is, you know, functioning at its best. You know, so I think we're, we're going to kind of, there's always a level that we actually need that, but that we still able to function on our own. So you want to kind of work towards like a healthy relationship would be an interdependence where you're not draining each other and codependent, but that you're self-sufficient Two self-sufficient beings that are kind of sharing life together. Mm. You know, which is completely different. Yeah. And that's a very, you know, wanting to share my life with you and needing to share my life with you are two different things. You know, like the image that I look at is like imagine two trees standing next to each other, right? And down in the ground are their roots. And imagine that one tree takes one of their roots and attaches to the other tree and says, for me to be whole and complete, I need what you have you know you're an apple tree and i'm an orange tree i need your apples to make me feel whole so the, that tree deep in its roots attaches and then it actually drains part of the life force of the apple tree to take for itself and then the apple tree will in turn connect and go well i need something from you and and what that what that neediness what the codependency does is it actually drains us it keeps us like kind of hooked in mm,
0: it's actually not and, that doesn't sound like really Pure agape love, really, either. A it's, not pure love.
1: it's not. I mean, what we're talking. I mean, agape love. We're talking about, you know, sacrificial love, unconditional love. You have to have such a healthy and fulfilled self love within yourself to be able to love another person unconditionally. In a, in a kind of connected yet detached. And when I talk about detached, it's that emotional detachment. Like I'm not needing you. I'm enjoying you. I'm experiencing with you, but I'm not attached. Like if you go, I'm not going to crumble. My world's not going to end. I will be sad, but I'll pick myself up and I'll move on, yeah. right? And the next chapter will begin. But a lot of people get stuck in that, you know, um, I can't live without you kind of thing, you know? I can't live.
0: <laughs> I can't sing.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm glad you said that. <laughs> I was thinking. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe I can um, learn. You know, and I think that also the 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 really key bit here, which is really important to note, is that when we're really caught in love addiction, we tolerate abuse, right? Yes, like this is what I want to talk about. My, and there's a difference between a difficult relationship and an abusive relationship. Like there abuse in a relationship is never okay. Healthy self-love will never tolerate abuse. There is no reason that abuse should be in our relationships, right? And that's where it becomes toxic. You know, I heard somebody the other day, you know, talking and saying, "I just, you know, my boyfriend is is he's doing the most awful things. He's so emotionally abusive. Like says the most terrible things, you know, tells me how fat I look and compares me to girls when we go out, and, you know, he did the most terrible thing to my cat the other day and but I can never be without him. Can you see the toxicity in that and, like, the fear in that? Like, that's that's the damage of love addiction. You know what I mean? So why is it
0: so hard for people to break out of those relationships?
1: Well, until they heal the inner fear, right, until they heal the inner wound and attend to actually what's causing that attachment, they're going to keep doing it because that wound's going to always need to be filled or soothed, right? If we have no buttons inside of us, no one can push any buttons. If we've healed the wounds, if we've attended to what's this really about for me, you know, why am I so scared to be on my own? What is this real? Why am I so scared of rejection? Why am I so scared of being judged by him? Like when we start to really get into the core of those issues, then we start to heal.
0: And it's, yeah, it's the fear is greater than the love and that's why you put up with it.
1: Absolutely. Well, we think the pain of being on our own is greater than staying because, again, being on our own means that we're a loser, means that no one loves us. You know what I mean? Like society has conditioned us to say you have to be in a relationship to to be Yeah, I don't
0: even like the word single. I'm trying to work out a new word for that. I think that sucks. That word, I'm single. I think we need a better word. I just can't work it out. (laughs) Free? Free? Yeah, I'm free. I'm (laughs) empowered.
1: How about that? (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, and I think there's so, so many people have this thing of, like, I need to be in a relationship. And like, if I'm not in a relationship, then I feel like, you know, I'm a loser and nobody loves me and I'm alone. And so many people would compromise themselves and stay in difficult relationships because of that fear of being alone.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, society doesn't help with that, with the stuff that it throws in the face. And I even think people, um, they're not consciously doing it, but they're unconsciously doing it as well at barbecues and dinners and how you can experience life sometimes as a single person when everyone's in a relationship or married or whatnot. And those people obviously love you, but they may not realise some of the things that they're saying to you or asking makes you feel like, well, you choose to feel like that. I get that triggers, but it's just sort of like repetitive um, talk to yourself like as though being the shitty word single. Yeah, I want a new word for that. Like there's something wrong, but there's nothing wrong. And Hmm. When you have enough self-love, you get to the point where I'm at where it's like I'd prefer to be single than be in a relationship like that, like bullet to the head, living in a relationship like that. It sounds like a living nightmare, actually.
1: And I think if it's about connection, well, we can connect to people in a lot of different ways, right? We can Connection can be a lot of things. It doesn't mean we have to, you know, be in an in, 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 in institutionalized relationship you know what I mean, or like in a marriage, or you know what I mean? Like I think it can look, connection can look like a lot of different things and I think if we just open ourselves up to that, you know, that can kind of change the mindset there.
0: Yeah. So these um, toxic relationships that we're talking about here, can you save them or are they doomed?
1: Um, Look, I think that if, you know, two people start to work on themselves and that you start to self-manage and you start to kind of, you know, have an internal reference for, for loving yourself rather than needing each other. If you, if, if, if two people are start kind of working at each other and can break that codependent cycle, then they can. Um, and, and, and two people working together in a, a relationship like this can say, okay, you know what, like maybe we can actually use this platform of our relationship to bring out the best in us the best in ourselves, because that's what a relationship should do. It should really bring out the best of you. If, if a relationship is really bringing out the worst of you, then there's something wrong there. I
0: agree. And I disagree in the sense that I think relationships are also good that they trigger you and create opportunities for growth as well.
1: Yes, exactly. And that's what I'm saying. Like if you are able to look, use it as a catalyst to say, how can I grow from this and what needs to be healed in me? And if we're focusing on you know what I mean? Like if we are focusing on fulfilling ourselves in a relationship rather than needing that other person, right? So like, for example, you know, going, okay, well, I don't mind if you go out with your mates or I don't mind if we don't spend a night together or, you know what I mean? Because I've got stuff that I need to do. And so we can have moments of separate separation, right? Healthy separation without feeling insecure or paranoid or you know, all those emotions that come up. So it's just, again, so if, if, if a person can start to work on themselves, they can break those patterns.
0: How do people start as well? Like obvious answer I'm going to say is you can like book a session with Shireen or someone like Shireen, like there are other coaches and people as well. But aside from that, what, what else can people do maybe I mean, I don't think it's something done by yourself is a problem, but reading books, positive mindset, like what else can you do?
1: Yeah. Reading books, I, you know, going to to group sessions, you know, like, you know, even something like AA, you know what I mean? Where that you can kind of hear other people's stories. And Is sh- there
0: a thing AA for love addiction?
1: <laughs> I'm sure there is. I'm sure there it is. There probably is in LA. <laughs>
0: LA. Has yeah. Everything.
1: I'm sure there, I'm sure there is. I'm, yeah. I, I, um, I don't know off the top of my head in LA, but that's I'm, sort I'm,
0: of pretty funny. No, I'm just making a joke about LA because LA has everything.
1: Yeah. But there, but there definitely, there definitely would be, there would definitely be groups. And I think that's a really good one because then it kind of normal normalizes it where, and you can also, you know, sometimes hearing other people's stories is a, is a really, you know, good way to kind of, here, you know, you can mirror it back in a sense, but, you know, I think if you, if you are starting to, to recognize these kind of symptoms or signs in yourself to also start looking at how, you know, you can start to fulfill yourself, you know, and, and how you can kind of busy yourself and not be as needy, how you can breed and foster independence in yourself and healthy independence.
0: I think even sometimes for some people it might be as simple as actually finding a hobby or something that you love. Like pretty much every episode I talk about surfing, about to do it again, I love surfing. So I'll go surfing um, as many times in the week that I can with the waves and whatnot, and that's great. So if you find your own hobby as well, then you're pumped and it fills you up.
1: And, I mean, as you know, I mean you hear me talk about it all the time, is, you know, one of – one of the greatest tools for building mindset and personal transformation is meditation because meditation literally takes you into your feeling body where you can build that metacognition. You can build that kind of reflective intelligence of, you know, what am I feeling? What's this about? And, And through meditation, and that's just like just turning your focus inwards, connecting with your feelings rather than distracting yourself and actually being really comfortable to just, breathe through that craving and breathe through that emotional eruption you know meditation is a great tool to help emotionally manage yourself
0: well I think you've touched on an important point is that often we do try to put feelings you know under the rug so to speak or distract ourselves so we don't feel them because we don't want to feel them because it hurts too much but that sort of makes the negative feelings linger, right, because they're there and you don't really deal with them. When I went through a great deal of pain a few years ago because I'd learned all of this from you and normally I would do that. Normally I had to be strong for everyone around me and I put myself last. But through working with you all those years, I'd real learnt and realised, um, like you said, um, emotions are just energy in motion in your body and it has to release and it has to come out of your body some way in order to start healing and even when I was in that deep pain at that time I couldn't even walk along the beach which I'm obsessed with the beach so that's like weird but eventually I was even just walking finally along the beach and feeling the emotions and grieving and crying and feeling it but then it's also a balance of not allowing yourself to sit in the pain too much either and like Flipping yeah. out and starting to flip, reframe into positive mindset. I suppose, and yeah, seeing yeah. blessings. And,
1: and you know, like even on a simple lesson, like a simple lesson to go and and find a mindfulness class, or you know, something that can help build the tools of mindfulness that can help you just be present with your emotion and get out of your head. You know, and break that kind of thought pattern and just learn to use your breath to soothe the emotion. Because like I said in the beginning, addictive behavior is, you know, the self-soothers. It's an unresourceful way of soothing difficult emotions. So if we can learn resourceful habits, like going to the beach, like surfing, all of those are resourceful self-soothers, right? They're pacifiers and they're going to make you feel good. So I think like if you can find positive ways to self-soothe yourself, you know, music, meditation,
0: for guys it's the gym a lot guys that's their thing so when do you recommend cutting ties in these relationships where you, where it's it is doom and gloom and and maybe it's not you shouldn't s- save it you know like
1: well you know i think it's a matter of when you've had enough pain you know normally people just go they'll use those words like this is enough like i'm done or when you start to feel bored <laughs> you know what i mean like sometimes it just becomes i'm now bored with this like you know what i mean and that's like that's when you know it's time to kind of to to move on you know what i mean like the the relationships either going to go to another level where you're going to go okay you know what like now we can let's work together and how we can grow together or we have to part ways well just you know cutting the ties is you know just a whole exercise in itself of how you allow yourself to disengage from a relationship and a person
0: like most of you know, I'm writing a book and this is a little sentence um, from my book that I thought would be perfect to share uh, for this episode. Loving someone that doesn't love you back is like hugging a cactus. The tighter you hold on, the more it hurts. So essentially what I'm saying in that sentence is it's time to let go. <laughs> Cause-
1: I-, I thought you were going to say you'd get rid of the prick. <laughs> I love it. I, <laughs> I love that. I love that analogy. That's a gorgeous metaphor.
0: Get rid of the prick. Yeah, get rid of the prick. Get rid of the cactus. Not working anymore. So <laughs> now that we're getting rid of him or her, maybe it's a her. female prick. I don't yeah. know. How do we do that? So you're saying that it it is, you know, a process?
1: Look, you know, that's there's a there's a really great exercise of cutting the cords, like literally cutting the emotional cords you know the first thing is being able to kind of like mindfully and and intentionally say like i release you out of my life you know and that's what you're really saying there is like releasing the need of that person you know in the beginning it's about you know how can i love myself more than needing it in this person how can i attend to myself how can i display love to myself you know what i mean so like how can how can i do something nice for myself how can i say something kind buy myself a gift give myself you know my own kind of cuddle
0: it often becomes a so a re self-discovery oh
1: 100
0: talking to people i did i went through it myself but i've i've spoken to guys as well that have done it themselves like been in a relationship broken up and then they've like rediscovered themselves and these yeah. things that they're into and discovered new hobbies and what makes them happy and then they get complete within themselves
1: well you know you know the analogy that i always love to think about is um you know the movie sex in the city
0: <laughs> of course i do yeah. I love Samantha. <laughs>
1: um, so, Samantha. Okay. So do you remember <laughs> the movie when Samantha went to live with Smith in LA? Yes. Right. And she was miserable in LA. She had kind of, she was there for him, but she had kind of, she was losing herself, which is what we do in relationships when we're compromising ourselves. We lose that core of ourselves. And there's a line in the movie when she decides to go back to New York and he says, don't you love me? And she says, yes but I love myself more.
0: I say, remember that. Go, Samantha. Yes.
1: <laughs> and that, uh, you know, I think in a nutshell, that's what we're talking about. Yes. Just love yourself more. And, and you know, coming back to the cutting of the ties, like, you know, there's a great exercise that you can do where you visualize the kind of emotional cords. It's like a like a Spider-Man web that you're attached to people. That's the emotional akka, uh-huh, it's been called, you know, that kind of connects us to people. Yeah and that you can kind of just imagine these giant scissors and literally cut the cords and and break that emotional those emotional ties and that's that's a really great exercise that you can do of just visualizing literally cutting those emotional ties and feeling the separation yeah uh,
0: to give everyone another option as well how i personally do that because i've obviously having Shireen as my coach, we've done it a few times over the years, (laughs) is I don't visualise the cutting. like That's Shireen visualises that for herself. What I envision personally is like this black like uh, sort of stuff stuck in my energy and I imagine like pulling it out and off off of me basically and often I'll have a bath to do it and let the bath and the water basically just take it off of me. So I sort of or sometimes I feel it even like, cloud or something coming out of my mouth as well but literally i sort of peel it off so that's like two visuals either one could work for you or find your own that's
1: great because what you're doing there is you're literally releasing the negative energy that you've taken on you know and you can like sometimes you can you know even after a one night stand you've taken that on you know and you know when you have sex with someone you kind of mix your dancing with their energetic field. So, you know, it's a really good way as well, just to cleanse yourself after
0: something yeah. like that as well. So we have a listener question, super exciting. Oh, Cause I, okay. everyone out there, I need more questions. I, I want you to, you know, let me know what you really want to know, or if any, any episodes that we've done, if you've got a question out of it, reach out to me and we'll make sure it gets answered. And particularly any episodes with Shireen, we're always happy to do follow-up episodes and things as well on anything. Or if um, we've done an episode on another topic and it hasn't been with Shireen, but she could she could probably answer everything, she's amazing, um, we can still do that as well. So the listener question that the, they shared it was a situation that they were in. Okay. The, Okay, so the beginning of the relationship was very sexual. He was very attracted to his partner. Yeah. Um, but then over time, even though he cared for his boyfriend, so this is a gay couple, Yeah, it had developed into a different kind of love, like that of a friend or a brother, and he found he was no longer sexually attracted to his partner, but he didn't want to break it off with him as he was scared that his partner would be heartbroken. He w- He was scared of hurting someone else's feelings. So mm-hmm. what is your advice to someone in this situation? You know that the relationship needs to come to an end, but you still care for the person. You don't want to hurt them. So you're not breaking it off. You're sort of dragging it out.
1: Mm. And I think that, you know, one of the biggest things is kind of like what we were just saying about Samantha. Love yourself more. But I think one of the the core things is that by you not being authentic, you're hurting that person and you're denying them of a love that they can really have.
0: That's how I always look at it too. I always look at it at, as at a, I love you, the person that sent this question in, by the way, so this is an attack on you, but this is just a general sort of comment. <laughs> I feel like when you're in a relationship and you know you, wanna, you don't want to be with that person but you're hanging on, you're sort of being an asshole in a way because... You shouldn't. Well, it's actually allow- more
1: about you than that other person, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, because you
0: should. Uh, if if you really cared about that person, then you would let them go because you'll give them the opportunity to meet someone else and not waste their youth, right? Yeah, six months too long. Six months they could have met someone else or or discovered or one year. You know, that, that's wasting their time. If you know, so that's where I see it as a bit of selfishness, but I understand it can be hard.
1: Absolutely, and I think that you know what that means is, you know, it's it's just. You know, everything is about how we communicate ourselves. And you know, I think that again, with two people that have that healthy self-esteem, this becomes harder if you are if your partner is more codependent on you and you feel like you you have to please them and you feel, you know, like responsible for them. Um, but you know, I think that as a human race, you know, we need to kind of be more truthful rather than pleasing and, and that to know that you're not being authentic and that that's doing them a disservice. And to, to be actually able to say, my heart's not in this, you know, there's a couple of things that we can look at in what he said, like, you know, was it just that instant love addiction, the kind of thing that, The relationship was fulfilling in him. So we can look at this in two ways. One is, okay, you know, is he just after his next hit, you know, to go, well, now this is kind of getting boring. We're not having the, you know, I'm not getting the dopamine. So am I just looking for my next hit? Or is this really not fulfilling him? Like, is it just, I'm not growing here. This is just not, you know, we're a mismatch. I need to move on. So I I think he kind of needs to look at this in two ways is because. Relationships, you know, as much as we say, oh, we're going to keep the spice alive. And I I think that if we can keep relationships spicy and fun and, you know, change things up every now and then with regards sexually and keeping ourselves in that kind of high, then relationships keep that essence. But it's natural for a relationship to kind of go into this kind of like plateau where we get into this comfort zone. And so I think there's two things here. One is that he needs to really look at, you know, is this person really not who I want to be with. And if that's the case, then I need to be, I mustn't be the cactus. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll say that in a nicer way. And, um, <laughs> and, and, you know, and set that person free. I mustn't be scared of hurting this person. You know, my greatest strength would be my truth because I, in me being truthful, we, I help both of us. And then the other aspect is to look, is he just looking for another hit?
0: And I think that people pleasing is a good point as well. We still talk about this as recent as like last week, I think, where I'll, I recognise, like how I recognise I've definitely been a people pleaser and and put people first before myself, definitely. Yeah. But you've helped me work on that and now I have the awareness to be able to know the difference of the, when people pleasing is coming up within me and my essence, but I think maybe what might help people is for me to be able to explain how I do that myself. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what the situation is. It could be a relationship. It could be with a friendship. It could be a work thing or, you know, whatever. It's a person really, but people pleasing any type of people is sometimes something will come up and I'll, and I'll automatically I can feel that I don't want to do it or it doesn't feel right then I can feel my like ego pipe up and it starts to feel guilty, basically guilty mm-hmm. if I don't do it. So I, I should do this. I'm a nice person, you know, a kind person would do this. I feel guilty if I don't. But then my essence or my soul will pipe up as well. It's literally like the angels on your shoulders. <laughs> That's how <laughs> yeah. it feels. Yeah. And sort of maybe be like, no, this isn't a good idea because literally it comes down to energy for me. It's going to drain your energy. And once I get the awareness and I'm like, oh, okay, so I'm only going to say yes because of out of guilt or out of the feeling like I need to be super kind right now because I'll I'll feel guilty if I don't because, you know, that that would be me being a good human even though I feel like as a result from me doing whatever I don't actually want to do is going to drain my energy. And now – even though it, it can be really hard to say no, which I get. Um, but I've learned to say no to things now and I've learned to step back and like we've spoken about, you've said that that's actually a really good sign of a healthy 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 dose of self-love actually Absolutely. to be able to that's say boundary. no to things. Yeah. yeah. So that's how it comes up for me. That's how it feels for me. So I don't know if anyone out there recognizes that, but you know to make it relatable. Yeah
1: but that's fantastic that's really fantastic and again of you know it, it, all this all this work takes a lot of courage you know it takes a lot of courage to say and vulnerability and the courage to be vulnerable to be able to say you know what i'm i'm going to move past the fact that i'm going to be rejected or humiliated or judged you know and i'm going to just do what is right for me yeah because all of that you know like even if you go okay yeah i'm going to be the bad person It's a moment of time. And it's not always
0: what you expect. Like and and Mm. another experience, initially when I was considering moving to Los Angeles from Melbourne, Australia, I actually felt guilty for wanting to do that and felt like I was going to let all these people down because I had so many people relying on me in my life, my personal life and my company. And that took some work with you, like months of work of trying to work on not feeling guilty yeah, for actually not wanting to live in Australia anymore and wanting to press reset and move into another country. Mm. Clearly I did that. Like, I, that, <laughs> And that was the first time I put myself first actually ever in my life. And initially some people didn't believe that I was going to move. I don't know why because I'm always a person of my word. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then it was amazing the amount of support that I ended up having once people got their head around like, you know, Yeah, I'm going to move countries, guys. Like it's happening, Mm. and Mm. it wasn't. It wasn't what I when I go back to the initial fear and the guilt and the people pleasing things coming up, and what I thought would happen and the judgments and that wasn't what was reality in the end. That didn't become the reality. It was actually I was actually quite supported by everyone, and there was a lot of love. So that was that was an interesting experience of it, you know, in another way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it really, it's a side, you know, it comes down to looking that there's kind of two modes, two mindsets that you can be living in is a fear mindset or a faith mindset. And with a fear mindset comes all that kind of stuff that we've been talking about. And with a faith mindset comes a really deep connection to our intuition, to trusting, to believing in ourselves, that we can take these leaps of faith in the fact that we're just listening and we're connected within ourselves, rather than kind of staying and letting fear navigate our choices, but really embracing and embodying a faith mindset.
0: Yeah. And maybe we can make it out like this relationship, if you're in, it's a little bit like my situation. Do I stay in Australia or do I go to LA to the unknown? Mm, I
1: can mm -hmm. tell you
0: what guys, winning it works <laughs> like yeah. have the faith everything definitely works out and those fears that you have don't always end up ever happening ever and, and, anyway and, you know
1: when you embrace that trust you can embrace uncertainty it yes. gives you resiliency to to just manage all uncertainty and that's you know that's one of the biggest things when you're kind of sitting in this relationship should I go shouldn't I not you know should I stay It's that fear of uncertainty where it's like, okay, well, better the devil I know, you know, let me just stay here. But, you know, when we kind of just release ourselves into that abyss and into the uncertainty with absolute faith and trust, that's when we manifest miracles. The universe meets us in that space.
0: Oh, that's been my life past two and a half years hands down
1: yeah
0: I mean I even did a um, surf road trip with my best girlfriend here in Cali down in Mexico and we had no plan like literally no plan we uh, the plan was I um with the help of a friend I picked out like a couple of towns that maybe we should go for surf spots that was it we had no accommodation we packed the car up with our camping gear, obviously all our surfboards and some food, and just drove on down to Mexico and just went with the flow of it. And we would talk to other guys about surf spots and just like trust them. We were like, yeah, cool. And even sometimes the network would like fail out. And we may have got a little bit lost and then we'd just like drive on in- intuition and. And situations came up, but then like miracles happened. At the, at the moment we needed something, it turned up. And like yeah. literally at times in the middle of nowhere, like absolute nowhere and people would turn up. And But we like had the most incredible adventure as well and then we ended up camping on the beach somewhere that you just, you would not find. Like you wouldn't have found that place without talking to people and doing it sort of the way that we did it and people couldn't believe that we found it. And we had an incredible trip. And even the challenges that we had along the road trip proved amazing. And sort of the lesson for both of us out of that trip, and that was literally just January this year, January 2018, was we're like, wow, you really just have to lean into uncertainty, but also trust, but also, you know, be wise and be aware of what's going on around you and street smart, so to speak, and trust instincts definitely like a hundred percent rely on that and get very clear on those and follow inspired thoughts and like would be at some places where it felt a bit off it just didn't feel right there wasn't any right so we just move along we just trusted it we didn't question we just move along it doesn't feel right okay we leave this feels right okay we stay this still feels right all right we'll stay for an extra few days this person feels okay to talk to okay we'll talk to them but i like i've got a knife got a crocodile dundee knife. That's what I did (laughs) to make sure that we were safe still. Like I slept with the knife and I'd make sure the guys in the campsites knew that I had a knife and not to come into my tent or my girlfriend's tent. So it was like a balance of both.
1: Yeah. There you, you're using healthy ego, right? Because healthy ego is just your ability to have discernment and, and to still be cautionary right? Just because you're being cautionary doesn't mean you're being courageous. It just means you're being smart, right? So you're being prepared. And so, but there's a very big difference there from discernment and caution and fear, right? Like you're not, you were still open. You were still adventurous. You were still tuning into your intuition and letting your intuition be your set nav. Right and and guiding you. Okay, where are we going today? And 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 that's what I mean by surrendering to this faith mindset. I mean, imagine we navigated our lives like that trip, right? Just going with the flow. It's actually incredible. Like
0: I have to say, people out there, like that you you know standing on the edge of the cliff, so to speak, um, not sure, right? Maybe in this relationship that you know not's for you, but you're super scared about what's coming. I've been there, like 100% been there, and I was, like, pushed off the cliff. <laughs> I didn't like, choose to jump. I was, like, pushed off. That's cool. And that's a blessing. But since then, that this is how I've learned to live because I learned a lot of lessons. And I can tell you now my life, how it's unraveled in, in this way of living has been, like, better than you can plan. It really has been better than you can plan. Like, I feel like, yeah, there's a bigger plan here, and, and it's just – better. So have the faith, have the trust, know that you've got the instincts, know that that's your instincts right now and follow them and trust that things are actually going to get like way better. Maybe not immediately. There is a, you know, bit of growth time or whatever, but it's definitely going to get better. And it's probably like way better. And then when we get it to the future and it's hindsight, you're like, so glad I, you know, Break up that relationship because this one, I mean, is like sick, not sick, but like amazing. So,
1: final, sister, love it.
0: (laughs) Final question. The opposite to love addict, like a love addiction relationship and the toxic relationships, is an enlightened relationship. Can you explain Mm -hmm. what this is? Because this is what we're working towards. This is what we want.
1: Yeah. And I think, like, it's kind of what we were talking about, you know really embracing self-love an enlightened relationship is when two people are completely immersed connected to their own self-love where they're loving themselves they're not needing their you know two trees at the top of their branches sharing the world together with you know enjoying each other having fun not depending on each other but just enjoying life and trusting, trusting also in the egoness of each other. You know what I mean? And enlightenment can say, this is what my ego is feeling today. This is a part of me. I'm Being feeling able to so communicate
0: it, that with each, able other able communicate each other and help each other grow. And also yeah. not taking things personally if someone else's ego is being. Yeah.
1: And enlightened com- uh, relationship has that compassion like and just acceptance. And really what we're talking about is just unconditional love. And unconditional love means that we you know we're going to accept whatever, really that's you know that agape love, like it's that sacrificial love. Um, and and you know I, I you know I, I do believe that we can evolve, you know if we if we are enlightened within ourselves, we'll have enlightened relationships.
0: That's we'll beautiful. Mirror. yeah. so to spreading agape love in the world will end on that. <laughs> yeah
1: peace. Peace.
0: <laughs> you have just listened to our Deepest Secrets Revealed podcast with Sarah Finlay. Don't forget to subscribe to be alerted to our next episode. Connect with us via Twitter and if you have any questions, please email my question at ourdeepest Help us get the word out there and email a friend or two today about this episode. You can go over to iTunes and share the episode directly to a friend via a tweet, Facebook Messenger share or post it to your profile. Otherwise, you can copy the link and email it. Thank you so much for sharing. Until next time, keep shining. Enjoyed this episode of our Devious Secrets reveal? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate and leave a review. It's like leaving a tip and really appreciate it. Thank you.